Hello. Hi. Welcome to the next episode of the Brio in the Box podcast. Season three, answering your questions and doing a roundup of random and interesting things that we've learned from our travels out there in the world. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what's something interesting you learned this week? I'm reading a different book. It's about brain health mm. because that's a thing for, for me, for sure. It's called Habits of a Happy Brain. Mm. And they're talking about all the different hormones, serotonin, oxytocin. Dopamine. Thank you. Norepinephrine, epinephrine. Really good at retaining information when I read books. And basically about the survival mechanics of each of them and why we have them and how they help you develop your brain to better protect your your existence. And then often it's counterproductive the way you develop these sort of habits. And so it's, uh, it's learning how to retrain your brain to deal better with certain things that bother you or people that bother you or whatever. And it's, it's pretty interesting. It's basically just repetition is the key. It takes one bad thing to happen for you to start correlating that bad thing with whatever happened. But to change the, the programming, it takes like multiple, multiple, multiple reframing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's like practice. It's, it's basically it's like, like learning double unders. It's like CrossFit. Like you can't just do it once and be automatically good at it. It just, the more you do it, the more progress you make. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make a long lasting improvement, you have to just dedicate the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. What about you? Oh, like a few things. That I'm going to add one I wasn't planning on sharing, but you just made me think of it. I watched this TED Talk and I can't think of the guy's name right now. But his point was basically the entire reason you have a brain is for movement. So all of those neurotransmitters, all of those things are helping you make the right decisions of ultimately creating a movement. Even your verbal processing, you got to move the muscles of your mouth to communicate something to another person. Mm-hmm. Eye contact and facial expressions, those are movements. And do you need to fight or flight? Those are movements. Like everything from an evolutionary perspective that your body needs to do to survive ultimately comes down to moving. Right. And so if the entire purpose of your brain is to create movement, maybe that explains to some extent why people that lack physical activity, why that tracks with depression and anxiety so much and why one of the most effective things you can do to reduce depression and anxiety is physical exercise. Like just move around Mm -hmm. because otherwise your brain, this beautifully evolved thing that was basically designed for movement is just sitting there and rotting when you're not moving. And this doesn't count as movement. Just doing your (laughs) thumbs thumbs playing the video games. (laughs) Yeah. Not the same thing. Movement for many different types of fine motor skills, but big gross motor skills as well. Yeah. Yeah. The one I was that I, that stuck in my head and I saw this in two different places, which is why I was like, Oh, sometimes it's funny how they come up in the same week. The importance of biotin, vitamin B7 for all kinds of different things. People mostly think about biotin. You'll see it in supplements that help you grow your hair and your fingernails and things like that. So yes, it's important for those sorts of things. It's also really important that you get enough biotin on a high protein diet. And especially for athletes, because all of the increased demands of making more energy and muscle protein synthesis, all of that Mm -hmm. requires more biotin. So then one of the biggest (laughs) errors that people make in seeking more protein is eating egg whites. Egg whites contain a protein that binds biotin called avidin and reduces its availability. So that's a number one reason why you should never eat raw egg whites. The avidin can be reduced by cooking, but it's not reduced all the way. One of the richest sources of biotin is an egg yolk. (laughs) So you should be seeking out egg yolks and, of course, cooking the whites fully. You don't want to eat a raw egg white. 
But even the remaining bit of avidin in a cooked egg white will be balanced out by the very rich amount of, of biotin in an egg yolk. But when people think, oh, I'm going like, to cut my fat grams and I'm going to just eat egg whites because they're high protein, and especially if you're an athlete mm-hmm. trying to meet your protein needs with egg whites, that's a huge mistake. Right. And if you've taken my Nutrition 101, my course, one of my five crimes against nutrition is eating <laughs> just egg whites and skipping the yolks. So I happened to come across like a deeper biochemical understanding of something that I had recommended that course I put together a few years ago. But one of the many reasons is the importance of biotin. Right. So... You eat your egg yolks. Eat your egg yolks. And sometimes I know people that will keep the yolks for themselves and feed the whites like to their dog. Yeah. Dogs are much better at the metabolism of, of high like pure protein diets because they're pure carnivores where humans are more lipovores. We're the ones that seek out the, the richest fat sources of things. So right. if anything, you're going to eat just the yolks and not the whites. And the yolks still have some protein, right? Yeah, they yeah. do still have some protein. But all besides just biotin, it's a super rich source of choline and vitamin E. Yeah. And, all of these wonderful fats that you need to support your brain and your neurotransmitters and your muscles and your bones and all these wonderful things. So an egg yolk is one of the most wonderfully nutritious things you could possibly yep. eat. So you should never, never, never skip your egg yolks. Yeah, the egg as a whole is nature's perfect food. It's like when you take it apart, it's not perfect anymore. Yeah. I, w- I wonder that, that makes me wonder because a lot of supplement companies will do an egg white protein powder. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that would be affected because there's no yolks in there, mm-hmm. but then they cook it down and dehydrate it and whatever i wonder yeah i wonder what those i don't know the answer to that what would be the remaining amount of avidin in an egg white yeah powder but there's no yolks eat your yolks eat your yolks and you know what it it all comes back to you need to eat whole foods yeah (laughs) a carton of egg whites is grossly inferior to just eating an egg yeah for sure just eat the whole egg and I, I took a vitamins and minerals class last semester and almost every vitamin and supplement form that we looked at was either not beneficial at all or potentially harmful. <laughs> so when things are taken out of their natural context, they they tend to have no effect or sometimes it becomes so out of balance with something else that it yeah. ends up having a net negative effect. So when you take an egg white out of its natural context and you're looking seeking just the protein, ah, then you actually end up causing a functional biotin deficiency, which can lead to like neurological issues and that sort of stuff. So you really just as much as possible keep things in their whole food form. Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so we've been collecting questions, questions from the crowd, from the community, all kinds of interesting things. And it's really been a good exercise to just pay attention to these little side conversations and fun questions and things that come up and these great little conversations that I get to have with people and so mm-hmm. do you. So we've been like trying to jot them down. Yep. I'm going to throw the first one to you. How far ahead do you do the programming? Somebody asked that. Yeah. So basically I have a, a I'll call it a quarterly skeleton that I work with. Generally, I have a goal that we're working towards. Currently, we're leading up to the open. Mm-hmm. And so the structure is based around that goal. It might be we're building up to a CrossFit total. It might be that we're the summer is here and the attendance is going to be like dwindling due to like vacations and stuff. So like whatever the main thing we're training for is the general structure. And that'll be like two to four months at a time, depending on what it is. And so I'll, I'll kind of have my endpoints and I'll work back from that with anything specifically training for that thing. Mm-hmm. And then I generally do the actual week to week programming about two weeks in advance. Um, and that's just putting in the specifics of what the actual movement combinations and time domains and types of stuff are mm-hmm. going to be. So about two weeks for the most part, and then up to four months ahead for the like overall structure. And we have one giant <laughs> Google spreadsheet. Yeah. It goes back 
I don't know, like 14, almost to the beginning yeah. of the workout of the day. And each tab is a month. And mm-hmm. so it just, it goes back years and years. There's and so years many and tabs. So many tabs. It's going to be giant. <laughs> and it's, it actually works well, even though it's not like the, it's not designed for that whatsoever. It actually works really well because I can just go back four months and be like, what's a good repeat workout that we can do? Mm-hmm. Or if I want to program Karen, I can just search in the form for the last time we did Karen and it's easy enough to find. Yeah. So it, even though it's kind of like archaic, it's, it works well. Yeah, it does. And then it goes into beyond the whiteboard and yeah. coaches notes and onto the blog every Sunday. And yeah. there's like a f- workflow of how it goes. Someone also asked me how long I spend on the programming. Mm-hmm. And it's usually, I really like to think it through quite a bit. So I don't just jot stuff down and be like, yeah, good enough. I really try to think about what, what movements we need to do and what what we haven't done in, as much of in the previous week and making sure I'm doing like all the different stuff. Like the hardest thing about programming CrossFit is there's so many different movements to do and different weights and different everything. So I try to just balance it out really, really well every week. So it probably takes me a good hour to two hours of just figuring out what those seven days of programming is going to be. Because mm-hmm. again, I just really put a lot of thought into it. And every time I program something, I, I map out in my head, like how long it's going to take and what the goal is and the, what's, what's the stimulus. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of thought that goes into it. And then from there, it takes me another maybe half hour, depending on how complicated the week is, about half hour to an hour to put the, the workouts in beyond the whiteboard. And then I was write notes and stuff. And that's probably another hour to, or two hours, again, depending on how complicated things are. So yeah, it's a good three to five hours a week probably that I spend on it and Mm -hmm. but it's it's fun it's like a creative outlet for me I like it I I really enjoy the process and I think like kudos to you and I'm glad you do enjoy that because some of the the ways that other affiliates do it so some are very they show up in the morning and the coach is like what are we gonna do today which oh my god that would stress me out so much but it's it's really like I'm doing it on the fly that was maybe more of an old school CrossFit thing yeah and we did that forever ago like I remember we would program the day, like the night before there would be times where I'm like, okay, tomorrow we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I learned that that's just like fucking shooting arrows <laughs> in all different directions, <laughs> yeah. right? Who knows? And then you don't really have any, any long-term goals with that. Yeah. So that was early on. That was like when we first started doing our own programming, mm-hmm. but now there's much more time and thought. Yeah. Some CrossFit gyms just follow CrossFit.com. Yep. CrossFit also provides CrossFit affiliate programming cap. It's called to all affiliates for free now. So lots of um, affiliates follow that. And then there's a few of these outside source programs that people will pay to outsource their programming to Proven or HWPO or CompTrain or Mayhem or whatever. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I think, and this is why we do it this way, that the best program for any one CrossFit gym is going to be one that's done Mm in-house by a knowledgeable coach that takes the time to, to think about it. Yeah. If people don't have the time or don't enjoy the process, then I think second best is maybe just to outsource the programming, but it's going to be not as good. It's going to be more generic. It's not going to take into account your facility and your equipment. It's not going to take into account the level of your athletes. You're not programming for the people in front of you. It's just a a more generic program is is not going to be as good for Mm -hmm. your community. So, and we've experimented that with us with that as well. We, we went through a period of time where we followed one of them and it was, it was just wasn't good. It was very repetitive. Mm-hmm. They had a certain number of things that they did all the time. And then they had a bunch of other stuff that they never did. Mm-hmm. And we would have sandbags or whatever sitting there collecting dust because they never get programmed. Mm-hmm. 
And mm -hmm. the other thing with a lot of the programs is there's five different components and you cannot get them all done well in an hour. Mm -hmm. So there's either zero coaching or too much programming and we just that's just not what we're about. Herding cats. Yeah. <laughs> basically. It's like, all right guys, you have 10 minutes to do this 20 minute AMRAP because we got to get going here. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I visit and drop into a lot of CrossFit gyms. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think right now off the top of my head, times where I've had an amazing experience. It was never once at a gym that followed outside programming. Yeah. The coach didn't have the buy-in. There's too much stuff to do. Mm -hmm. It was above the level of the athletes. Yeah. Like for a variety of reasons, it just wasn't a good experience. But the, the places that I feel like that, that love and care shows through, it shines through in the programming and then in the coaching and then in the whole thing, like just the general level of buy-in when it's done in-house. Yeah. And then one of the questions we answered last week was, what do we do? We do that program. <laughs> I went to the 5.30 class yesterday. I went to yeah. the 9.30 class today. It's, you have to be doing the programming as yeah. well so that then when you're making up the workouts, you know how long that takes and what that feels like and what the bell curve of times are going to be around that kind of thing. You just have to be immersed in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I do think it's worth checking out what other people are doing so you don't continue to be in your same habit all the mm -hmm. time. And we went to a gym when we were in Maui and we just went in for open gym and it's like some of our friends and they're like, honestly, what do you guys want to do? And we hadn't worked out with a barbell in so long. And I was like, nothing with a dumbbell. We've done nothing but a dumbbell. <laughs> and so I ended up picking the, I programmed the workout just on the fly for us to do that day. And it was good. It was fun. And he did it with us. And after that, he said, that was a great workout. He's I'm going to program that for next week. Like yeah. it was super fun. So I think it's worth like taking other people's ideas and, sure. and just running with them. And, and you just take a little bit from everything and, mm -hmm. and make it work for your gym. Yeah. So, I mean, we follow CrossFit.com. We steal some workouts from them. We drop into other gyms. There's often where I'll be like, Hey, we did this workout yeah. on the lunch break at the seminar. It was great. We should program it. I think you definitely have to keep a finger on the wider pulse of the CrossFit community and mm -hmm. yeah, incorporate all, all the best of what it has for sure. We took that one from Scott Panchak the other day and yeah. I like watching him cause it's just him and his wife that do it together. And they're so cute cause they do little partner workouts together all the time. Yeah. And they're reasonable because he's like a crazy guy, right? He's a yeah. games level athlete, but she's just a normal person, right? Normal yeah, human. Normal fit person. And so they do things that works for both of them. Mm -hmm. And so, I just saw another one today that I'm going to program for next week. And yeah, there's always fun stuff out there. Totally unrelated, but I think Scott Panchik's the real deal. He's good. He's runs a CrossFit gym, coaches people, also very fit. I think he's a really good representative of the actual core of the methodology of what CrossFit's all about. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, nice job. And thanks for letting us steal your workouts, <laughs> Scott Panchik. <laughs> yep. Okay, next question. If you could go back knowing what you know now, would you do anything different to prepare for pregnancy? Ah, before I had kids. This was a great question. I loved when this one was posed to me. So yes, I, so the boys are 13 and seven. I've obviously learned tons along the way in those mm -hmm. intervening years. So at the point where I had Atlas, I had already been doing CrossFit for a couple years. And in those early days of CrossFit, nutrition was at the forefront and everybody did the paleo diet and the zone was a big thing. So weighing and measuring your food and avoiding basically processed food, grains, sugar, a dairy at the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm like just super grateful of the timing of how that all worked out that I was already exercising and being fit and really paying attention to my nutrition. I had a, a food blog back then, like in the early days of the internet, I was like always super into the nutrition side of things. Cave girl in the kitchen. Cave right? girl in the kitchen. It's still there. There's yep. still some great recipes <laughs> on it. So yeah, I'm in a good position where I wouldn't do too many things very differently. I might've, um, loaded up on those really nutritious foods like liver and egg yolks and grass-fed butter and I probably would have included more dairy mm -hmm. prior to pregnancy because you didn't do a lot of dairy up until 
recently. Like really just the last few years yeah. I started eating dairy at all. But I mean, aside, I've had a DEXA scan and my bone density is like 2.5 standard deviations above a woman for my age. So even despite not eating dairy mm-hmm. for like 20 years, I, I did fine. Because <laughs> that's more like lifting is so beneficial for that, right? Yeah. And protein. Yeah. More so people just think calcium period, but the protein and, and stimulating muscle mass. But back yeah. to the pregnancy thing. I do know now I've done genetic screening and I carry, there's something called the MTHFR and sometimes colloquially they call it the motherfucker mm-hmm. gene methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase enzyme affects how you use folate, which is vitamin B9. So any prenatal vitamins always have folic acid in them because we know it's super important to prevent neural tube defects. So it's really important to have enough folic acid when you're before you're pregnant and then when you're pregnant. That's why it's like a big thing to get women of childbearing age to take prenatal vitamins. Mm -hmm. Because I have, there's two places A1298C and C677T that you can have mutations on this thing. And I carry one on each one. So that's called compound heterozygous. So it would be worse if I had two, like two copies on each one. I have one on each one. So it's like kind of in the middle, but it changes the way I can metabolize folate, which can affect people with MTHFR mutations can have all kinds of issues. Infertility and miscarriages can be one of them. I'm super lucky that we never had any struggles like that, Mm -hmm. but it also affects you can't metabolize synthetic folic acid. Folic acid is the fake stuff that's added to vitamins and it's sprayed on all fortified grains. So I'm super glad that I was avoiding grains for a good couple years at that point, but I probably would have made more of an effort to increase my intake of folate from Mm -hmm. food. The best source of food folate, the most bioavailable is liver. I was not eating or touching or looking at anything resembling liver or organ meats (laughs) back then. That's a recent year kind of thing. That's a recent year kind of thing. But um, there is sources of folate in green leafy vegetables and spinach and stuff. Less bioavailable. You have to eat a freaking ton of it Mm -hmm. to get the same amount of folate into you that's in three ounces of liver. So like a smallish portion of liver, you'd have to eat nine cups of spinach. Yeah, so that's a um, lot. It's a lot. But I might have made more of an effort to manage my folate just knowing my genetic snips prior to that. But otherwise, not much. I'm, I would have just been doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Eating nutritious foods and really. Whole foods. Uh, yeah. And then like the omega-3s, we always ate lots of like a pretty good rotation of fish and salmon and stuff to get EPA and DHA super important to the development of the baby's brain. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get enough in your diet, then the baby just robs it from the mother's brain. <laughs> and isn't that why like baby brain is a yeah. thing? Yeah. So when women will experience brain fog and memory issues and you'll be like, God, you'll try to think of a word and you just can't think of it. If you can manage your intake of EPA and DHA, DHA especially, it really helps not have the baby just suck all your brains out of you. Yeah. Baby's priority. (laughs) Like nature prioritizes the baby. So whatever is deficient, it will rob it from the mother's body to prioritize the next generation. So just a carrier for the next generation. You don't matter anymore. So there's some things I was also lucky that our our kids are far enough apart, six years apart. People that work in that realm of nutrition and pregnancy and stuff often recommend at least four years to mm. replete all the nutrients that are depleted from a pregnancy. If you do want to have your babies closer together, you got to really put some effort into making sure you replete like iron and all those B vitamins, folate and all that stuff, vitamin K2, calcium, EPA, DHA, like all these things you need to really beef up your stores. Vitamin A is important in DNA replication. So yeah, yeah, for a few reasons that just kind of luck that I'd already discovered paleo that our kids were far enough apart there's not too many things that i would go back and change other than just yeah my recommendation to someone else would be like hey just beef up your intake yeah. of real food <laughs> get lots of eggs liver, yeah meat 
eggs, liver, meat, salmon, fish, like just real good whole foods. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, somebody asked me, hey, I'm going to be on vacation for two or three mm. weeks. Do you have any ideas? It was actually someone newer that had just started. They're like, I've fought so hard for every little bit of progress I've had here. And this person's doing really well. And they were like, I'm going to be gone for two or three weeks. Do you have any ideas of workouts I can do like on my own while I'm on vacation? Yeah. Love we, that question. We Great. get that one a lot. And we have a whole like part of our website dedicated mm-hmm. to it. So you go to CrossFitBrew.com slash outside the box. And there's a list of ones that have a skipping rope and dumbbell. And then there's ones that are just like body weights. So no equipment necessary. And there's, I don't know, dozens of them on there with the workout. There's links to videos on what the movements are. If you forget, there's like all kinds of stuff on there. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch that you could do them in a hotel room if you had to. Mm-hmm. There's some that are like running and stuff. So if you're at a beach resort, you can, but they're all just like 10 to 15 ish minutes. You can easily squeeze that into a morning before you go hit the beach or whatever. And they're all like manageable enough that pretty much anybody can do them. I know a lot of people say the hardest thing is the motivation to do it. And I would go as far as to say, if you're on holidays and you're going to struggle with it, tell us ahead of time and be like, I want to work out three times while we're gone. Be like, okay, cool. What days? And yeah. we will message you and be like, did you work out today? Because <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to. We just had one of our members come back from a month away and he didn't work out the whole time. And that's hard. That's like hard to get back into the, the swing of things. So yeah anything any kind of like movement walking he did walk a lot which is good yeah just do tabata push-ups that's better than nothing takes you four minutes do some push-ups anything you can think of is better than just like nothing it's tough the motivation is lacking when you're on holidays and if you don't have your crew and you don't have your gym to go to but we've said in the past like one of the best things you can do is go visit other crossfit gyms when you're on holiday go drop in at other places and um we're always super welcoming when we have people coming and mm-hmm. we don't care if they're new or whatever. That's fine. Like even if you're still learning the movements, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Let them know ahead of time. Hey, I've been doing CrossFit for three months. I'm still learning, but I would love to come in and work out with you guys if that's cool. And worst thing they're going to say is no. And if they do yeah. just find a different one, but I think it's worth like, you know, checking out other places and seeing what other places do. Yeah. That was my question of the day the other day. Was what's the furthest away CrossFit gym you've ever dropped into? And some people have been with us a long time and never been anywhere yeah. else, which appreciate the loyalty. But also some other people were like, I love dropping in places in yeah. other cities. You like meet nice people. And hey, maybe every once in a while, it's like not a great experience. And you just come back appreciating more of what you have yeah. here at home. And yep. if you see something that another gym does and you're like, this was so great. Tell us, I still pretty much every good idea we have at Brio, I just stole from someone else that was doing a good job. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think there's Love all that. there's good and bad out there for sure. And we've been to many of both. And mm-hmm. even the bad ones, you'd be like, okay, I know that's not self. good. That was like, a terrible experience. Not going to do that <laughs> in our gym. But yeah, we've, we've gotten lots of good ideas. And, and just it's just fun to see what else is out there. All right, moving on. So this one came up with a bunch of different people. What's the burpee deal and how do the discounts work? Okay, so yeah, the burpee deal. And some people were new in the gym were like, what is this and how does it work? And so we got to go back in time a little bit. Yeah, like a long time. <laughs> like a long time. So 2008 was the first year that Bria was opened. We opened middle of 2008. So somewhere along the way, we saw a video on CrossFit.com and they were talking about doing 150 burpees for time as a workout. And they were like, oh my God, it was so bad. And I wanted to puke and whatever. And we like, were like, well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> so we're like Christmas day. We were in Hawaii with my parents as we always are. And we're like, hey, 150 burpees. You can do it anywhere. This is going to be the workout of the day even though the gym is closed. Mm-hmm. There was only a sprinkling of members with us back then. And so we put out this challenge to be like, hey, let's do this. Let's be ridiculous weirdos and do 150 burpees wherever you are. Mm-hmm. 
the next couple of years, CrossFit Brio grows, we gain more members, we have more weirdos that join us that are like, yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> and so it becomes more of just a thing. It becomes a tradition. A couple of years in, we started incentivizing people to do the burpees by being like, hey, if you do the burpees, we'll let you buy your membership for the whole year for cheaper. Mm -hmm. So that's where we started calling it the burpee discount. So you do the Christmas burpees, you post a picture, send us a video or whatever. And then social media became a thing. And then it became tag us on social media, show us that you're doing the burpees. And then we would always run what basically became a promotion in January where you could purchase your membership for the whole year. And it used to be cheaper. You had to buy it within January. Sometime in January you had yeah. to buy it and you could buy the whole year for a discounted rate. Yeah. But you had um, to do the burpees. But you had to do the burpees. Somewhere along the way, we're too, we're such softies that you're like, <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to pay for the year, if you're that dedicated, like yeah. we're cool kind of thing. And people would and, come in during random, like in March, somebody would join yeah. and they just wanted to commit and it's okay, cool. And so our tagline being we're Brio, we're home of the committed. So anybody that's committed to their fitness for the year, that's something we think is deserving of the discount. So that's the history of where it evolved from. Yeah. So we still call it like the burpee deal in January or whatever. But the, the timeline of renewal is just that a lot of people renew their memberships for the year yeah. in January. And then so when people were asking like, how are the discounts figured out or how do rates work and all yeah. that kind of stuff, which is, a, which is a good question. So early on, um, the early years, we made the mistake of not raising rates for like eight years. Mm -hmm. And in a world where business expenses <laughs> increase predictably, yeah. that's not a good idea. We like have a vision for how we want Brio to be and how we want it to run. We think CrossFit's the most effective way to get fit. We think health is just fitness over the long term. So we're committed to, to health, to fitness over the long term. We want to run not just any CrossFit gym, but like an exceptionally high level of, of service to our members and all that kind of thing. So that's like our vision. What, what that looks like day to day is commitment to a few things like small class sizes, a really nice facility, nice equipment that's like also kept up and turned over and replaced as needed, dedicated team of coaches, all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. a few years in, we were like, ooh, if we don't manage the rates side of things and expenses just increase, the only other way this thing works is that the quality has to decline. Mm -hmm. You now class sizes get too big or the equipment can't be replaced or the gym's not as clean or nice or fixed up or anything. So, you know, those are, those are just the, the, the realities, of, the running realities of running here. a business. So a few years in, we're like, okay, we consider ourselves the caretakers of Brio. We love this community like it's our third child. And so being entrusted as the caretakers of the community, one of the responsibilities is to manage it financially responsibly. Yep. And so we started doing a better job every year of matching rates to expenses. And so then it, it did work out in some things in that it, it allowed us to manage like the COVID shutdown and be fine on yeah. the other side of things, thanks to the support of our members and the things we had put in place. Many gyms did not make it through COVID. Um, we really pride ourselves on keeping the gym looking spiffy. Mm -hmm. And I think we're well known for <laughs> always, always like, moving things and fixing things. And we have a great team of karma cleaners that help us keep it really clean. Often when we host seminars, it's kind of a funny compliment. People come in and go, your gym is so clean. Mm -hmm. And I go, is your gym not cleaned every day? Yeah. So yeah, I guess not all facilities are like that and cared for. It allows us to invest in new equipment and upgrade equipment every year. Yeah, um, I think as far as size to equipment goes, we're a well-stocked gym. Yeah. We're one of the few gyms that has a full set of ski ergs available. Yeah. And we rearranged the whole gym, and part of that was to accommodate these ski ergs that we wanted mm -hmm. to get. And people are like, well, whatever, it's ski ergs. But if you're not skiing, then sometimes you're just biking more. Yeah. Do you just want to bike all the time when we can't run in the winter? So <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, we've, we've always tried to really make the best use of our space and our equipment. And that's all part of the package. Mm -hmm. So managing it 
financially responsibly allows us to stay in a convenient area of town. Um, one of the things we're able to do is support our family without having to have a second job or an outside career. Mm -hmm. That's not something that a lot of affiliate owners can do. Many, 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 I know have a second job. They're a firefighter or they have to do something else. And as soon as you have to divide your time and attention with another full-time job, obviously the quality of, of how much you can give to your community yeah. is, is going to decline. That's just a trade-off. We also want the quality of the coaching to be really high. This is our this is our profession and even above and beyond that, this is our life's work. This mm -hmm. is like I was saying to somebody the other day, we're going to die in this gym together. <laughs> like <laughs> we're like lifers on this thing, but also our coaching team as well. So continuing to invest in upgrading their education and paying them lots of CrossFit affiliates. I feel like people don't know this. Don't even pay their coaches. Mm -hmm. They just trade for yeah. They just do a little, little tradesies. Yeah, you coach a couple classes and we'll let you work out for free and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's many, many, many little things, decisions, with the goal of excellence that help us bring that vision that we have of running like a very good and excellent CrossFit gym helps bring it to life. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody knows the last year has been pretty wild on the cost side of things. Yeah. We do our best to manage the cost and expenses and pass along the perks and things that I get as a CrossFit employee, pass it along to the members and the community and everything. So this year we didn't have to raise rates. Our base rate is $49 a week for unlimited. That's unchanged. But then some of the discounts we were able to offer in the, the promotion of the burpee deal or the mm -hmm. January thing, they're not as discounted as they were before. So yeah. And we, have, we just have so many people that take advantage of that deal, which is awesome and I love it. And we, we're so grateful for all of you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we need to just be yeah just smart with all those decisions. Yeah. So we do the best we can to offer the best deals and home of the committed. Anybody that like contributes to the community in one way or another can earn back a discount, right? So- the karma cleaners I mentioned, they keep the gym looking really spiffy. They trade for discounts on their membership. Mm -hmm. You prepay for the year. You get a discount on your membership. You join with a friend. You can The more committed you are and you bring someone in with you. All those things. We try to reward all of those things. Mm -hmm. when we find the people that want to do the thing with yeah. us and, and do it to a high level and stay committed to it forever and ever until yeah. we die in mm -hmm. this place. So, If we ever um, win the lottery, things will be... <laughs> Better for us all, but <laughs> that's not this. So far, it hasn't been working out. Yeah, for me. keep buying these lottery tickets. It's not working. I, I might as well just flush my money down the toilet with those things. I never even win like a five bucks or anything. <laughs> so we, like I said, we evaluate every year. We do a responsible job of matching expenses to revenue. Yep. The uh, rates for the year, the discounts offered as part of the burpee promotion, uh, were posted on the crossfitbrew.com slash Xmas burpees at like the end of November. So you can expect that that'll happen again this year and check out what the what the promotion what the deal will be for the upcoming year mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's how it works that's the history of the burpee deal and where it came from yeah there you go yeah so the burpee deal is the same as the year payment deal where basically it's more of a we're rewarding commitments yeah less so than the burpees the burpees are just a fun thing that we do as a community and yeah. you should still do them still do the burpee it's still fun but yeah the burpee deal is sort of just our slang term for the discount you get for prepaying yeah. for the year mm -hmm. so yeah that's where that comes from Okay, here's, here's one that's come up several times. You may or may not have heard of this. What are your thoughts on the emergency shelter going into the old fire hall? So yeah. old fire hall on Central that is on our one mile running loop, the Murph Mile. That fire hall has moved over like by the university Preston. now. So the building has been empty. And the city's plan is to, I believe in June, open an emergency homeless shelter in yeah. the fire hall. So many people have seen this in the news and have asked us, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Not positive. <laughs> Not. 
Great. Not a fan. Not excited yeah. about it. I get that there has to be a thing, right? Yeah, people need help. People need help. People need support. To that. And we're, we're all for it. The location is not ideal. Mm-hmm. When you start to consider all the components, I don't know what they're thinking. First of all, it's right across the street from a school and a super busy skating rink where yeah, there's kids all the time, Yeah, right? There's not a lot of good transportation to get downtown. There's no medical services nearby, no emergency medical services nearby. It just doesn't seem to be a smart idea whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So are we a fan? No, of course not. But it looks like it's going to happen. So as far as we know, it's a temporary shelter. It might only be 18 months. It might be two years. It's not even, it's not, they don't even have the hundred percent go ahead yet. They have Mm -hmm. to change the zoning of the building they have to agree upon an undervalue lease and a bunch of other details. Which so city council has to approve. They have so to approve. if you wish to express your opinion on this, do so to your city councilor. Yeah. Hopefully some magic happens and it doesn't, they find a better place, but we're already thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like we'll see what happens. Basically we're hoping that we're far enough away that it's not a big issue. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel really bad for all the businesses on central Avenue because mm-hmm now all those restaurants and like places that they just spent a whole bunch of money spiffying up are going to have to figure something out. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we're far enough away, but we're, we went to CrossFit 604 when we were in Vancouver mm-hmm. and they are right downtown. They're on West Hastings. They're on West Hastings. So just down from East Hastings mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful gym mm-hmm. and what they're, and they charge a fortune. They're super expensive and they're very bougie and they're great. They're a great facility. And we're like, how the hell does this work? But they have a little key fob system. So everybody has a fob. And to get in the door, you have to beep yourself open. And then we were there on a day with a running workout, which was quite weird. Mm -hmm. The coach just stands at the door and lets people in when they're out for their run. Mm -hmm. But I was running and I'm pretty sure I ran through a cloud of meth smoke (laughs) as I was passing people because there was people everywhere on the streets, like full on just doing what they do. <clears throat> so hopefully it won't be as bad as that, but we have looked into the possibility of a key fob system. Mm-hmm. We'll probably put some more cameras up and everything. We'll try to keep that front door closed and just be aware of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then we're obviously going to change the running route. <laughs> so new running yeah. route coming this year. Yeah. We'll have to map it out and see which way we go. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're aware and we're, we're thinking about it and we're trying to figure out the best way to approach this thing. But I also don't want to like panic too much until there's a reason to panic. So mm-hmm. trying to stay level-headed. I think part of what makes us worried is there was no consultation with the community. There also has been no plan whatsoever communicated for like, yeah. what are we doing for security and how is this going to be managed and what can the neighborhood expect in terms of increased services or anything? Um, no communication, no plan from the city whatsoever. And seeing how this affected the neighborhood of Fairhaven when something similar happened, I think the city in general is the population is very nervous to be like, this was already very poorly implemented once. Let's not make the same mistake again. So I'm not holding our breath to see how is this going to be managed? What's the implementation plans? So far, all we know is it's going here, mm-hmm. nothing further. Yeah. So we've been like, okay, well, let's just be proactive and let's be responsible and be ready for things just like we always have. Okay, we got plan A, we got plan B, we got plan C, we got plan D. If, if this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. And here's the increasing level of plans we would need to unlock depending how things are going so yeah yeah, many things are still up in the air it's not happening till june yeah so i think one of our strengths is we've always been good at adapting with the changing Mm -hmm. every year something different yeah and we've always done 
as much as we can to try to like make things as good as possible in those different situations. And it'll continue to be one of those things where if things become problematic, we'll, we'll get it figured out. Yeah. I think we've always, if there's a lesson in there, control what you can control and uh, do the best you can in those situations. So we'll see. Okay. Switching gears back to something we get all the time. Mm. You're a cook. Not everybody's a cook. What are some super easy recipes that that people can take advantage of that they can make in a hurry? Yeah. Someone was like, okay, but do you have any like just super easy <laughs> recipes? I'm a, I can- I'm a craft dinner kind of person. Do you, <laughs> do you have that level of cooking? And I was like, yes, I do. And actually CrossFit does. So if you go on CrossFitBrio.com slash nutrition, there's a YouTube playlist of 104 of these beautiful little videos that CrossFit produced a few years back. They're, they're a minute. Each one of them is a minute. They're all like super simple whole food recipes, very few ingredients, delicious, tasty meals, lots of inspiration for all kinds of things. So that was the link that I sent this person that asked me. I was like, yes, I do. Here you go. There's 104 of them. So you could click through one a day and and not run out of recipe, super simple, easy recipe ideas to cook for like the next quarter. So crosswebrio.com slash nutrition. There's all kinds of cool stuff on the website. If you go like poking around, I know most people interact with us through the app, but we've really built out, there's a lot of content on our website as well to help you with almost any (laughs) question or problem Mm -hmm. you would want to have solved. The nutrition uh, page has like a link to nutrition 101. If you've never taken that, you can also do that through the app. There's a whole list of books. I recommend people go, Oh, if I was going to read a book on nutrition, where should I start? My recommended reading list is there. There's a bunch of uh, lecture videos you can watch from some of the leaders in the field of nutrition and metabolic health. I collected all the podcast episodes that you and I have done on specifically different nutrition topics. What do we have to say on all these different things, the recipes. So yeah, there's tons of cool stuff on there. If you want to dig into that was another conversation I had with someone and they were like, oh, I need to do more research on nutrition. And I was like, let me help you. Here's the entrance <laughs> to that rabbit hole. Whoosh, here yeah. we go. Good <laughs> you luck. know, read these books, listen to these lectures, what, like listen to these podcasts. This is, if you want to start going down that rabbit hole, here's the entrance. Yeah. Here's where you go. Yeah. There you go. Crossfitbrio.com slash nutrition. Yeah. Okay. So here's one you got the other day. What do you know about rhabdo? Mm-hmm. Mm. That word pops up every once in a while. First of all, what's rhabdo? Yeah. So rhabdo is actually a kidney problem. Mm-hmm. Like really early on in the early days of CrossFit, there was all these people coming out and there's a few lawsuits, people saying that CrossFit gave them rhabdo. So basically what happens with rhabdo is when you exercise, when you work out, especially with intensity, mm-hmm. your muscles break down and that's part of the process of getting stronger. Your muscles break down, your body repairs them and makes them stronger so that the next time it happens, you're better prepared. If you break down those muscles to an extreme level, you start to lose parts of your muscle tissue into your bloodstream mm-hmm. and it can get to the point where it's so high level that your kidneys can't deal with it and starts to poison your kidneys. Mm-hmm. And so what happens with rhabdo is your muscles are broken right down. Your kidneys get overwhelmed. You start to, the color of your urine changes and you have to go to the hospital and they put you on IV and will they do dialysis if it gets really bad? I've never heard of anyone needing dialysis for rhabdo from exercise. Yeah. That like, I mean, potentially, maybe, but I've never, as an exercise thing, I've never heard of that. Because it'll happen with crushing inj- in injuries, mm-hmm. right? Like your muscles get crushed and they literally just like leak muscle tissue into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of one of those obscure things that came about when CrossFit started. But then I just saw recently, there's been a bunch of cases from people getting it from spin classes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. your, your highest risk people are people that are fairly well-muscled, so they have a lot of muscle tissue that can be Mm -hmm. broken down, 
and people that used to have some level of capacity, but haven't trained for quite a while, two to six months or whatever, they haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. And then they jump in and try to do something as if they'd only taken a weekend off and they go way too hard, way too much volume, and they end up wrecking themselves and and having a a big problem. Mm -hmm. So you would think, oh, this problem where you're not conditioned to handle exercise, that must be something that happens to like new people or weak people or something is a bad reaction to too much exercise. Actually, no. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's more likely to happen to someone that has the capacity to go hard enough and has enough muscle muscle tissue to to do enough damage. So rhabdomyolysis is the full thing. Myo is the myoglobin, the inside of the cell that gets broken down. Lysis means to break apart or break down. So you end up with too much myoglobin in your bloodstream. Like you said, kidneys can't filter it out. The big deal is if you're peeing the color of Coca-Cola, go to the hospital. (laughs) And the primary thing they do is put you on IV. Fluid is just super important because they're just trying to support the kidney's ability to flush it. If it, for some reason, got really bad on the kidneys, it may need dialysis. But for the most part, crush injuries, like you said, and as a side effect of statin medication. Yeah, rhabdo is a big common-ish. Among the side effects of statins, rhabdo can be one of them. Right. So the, the other part of the question was like, he basically said, my buddy's got it. Can you get it localized? And sort of, like what happens is, for me, like I almost had it. I didn't have full on rhabdo because my urine was fine, but I had taken way too much time off <laughs> and did a workout before my 40th birthday with pull-ups in it. And I just, I was doing just like big set. It opened with a hundred pull-ups. I remember yeah. that workout. And I was doing sets of 15, hadn't done pull-ups in a little, in three weeks maybe. And big sets and got through the hundred and moved on and woke up the next day and my arms were just like locked. <laughs> and so locally, my biceps were wrecked, right? Like they swollen. were so swollen. I would sit in the hot tub and I would slowly try to push my arms open. For me to straighten my arms, it took like 15 seconds. It was just so wrecked in there, but I never had kidney problems, right? It, was my, it wasn't to the point where my kidneys were overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So that was a very localized, like near rhabdo case, but it wasn't a full bone rhabdo because I didn't have the kidney problems. Mm-hmm. So if you do a certain workout that has a ton of volume in your chest, or your legs or whatever, yes, you can feel localized pain because you're doing muscle damage, right? You're, you're overtraining your muscles and it's to the point where there's more than just like your normal delayed onset muscle soreness. Mm-hmm. But it's not actually rhabdo until you have the kidney stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's levels like yeah. DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. That's normal. Even totally. if you're like, oh my God, I can't walk down the stairs. My legs are so sore. That's just normal. When it gets to the point of like, extreme swelling like you can see the fluid accumulated it's hot it's inflamed and basically lack of mobility you're like i cannot straighten my arms mm-hmm. lack of ability to move this you gave yourself borderline rhabdo just before your 40th birthday and we threw a surprise party for you and i have a video of you walking through the front door of the house but your arms are stuck at 90 degrees and you're like hey everybody which now is just it's a funny thing yeah But I think this speaks to one of the CrossFit charter for safety that has been since the beginning of CrossFit time Mm -hmm. is mechanics, consistency, and then intensity. And the middle piece of consistency means, so we always like good mechanics, good technique. You got to move with good form and then you got to move with good form all the time. And then you can add intensity. You're like, yes, but consistency also means consistency of showing up at the gym. Mm -hmm. You have to be conditioned to handle volume and even of specific movements or muscle groups, right? So 
If you have perfect technique, but you've taken two months off CrossFit and you show up and do a workout that opens with a hundred pull-ups or you do 150 GHD sit-ups, it doesn't matter how good or bad your technique is. You're going to have a problem because you applied too much intensity without consistency of showing up at the gym or even just maybe you've been showing up at the gym. I've made this mistake a few times, not rhabdo level, but I haven't done GHD sit-ups in two months and you hop into a workout and you do a hundred or 150 mm-hmm. of them and you're like, oh no, that was yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. The movements that are the highest risk are the ones that have quite a negative, like a lot of tension through the negative phase of the, the movement. Mm-hmm. So GHD sit-ups, because you're loading your abs and then stretching them out as you're lowering down, yeah. is really, really easy to get rhabdo doing too many GHDs. And that's why we're always like, <laughs> do not do too many of these. We like, we won't even let people do more than 20 or 30 on their first time doing them yeah and i think anybody that's been doing crossfit long enough you go hey what happens when you do too many ghd setups and they're like oh yeah. god or like or things like when people do jumping pull up if you jump up and slowly lower yourself down that's a super high risk one which is why we use jumping pull-ups as more of a conditioning like jump and drop jump and drop mm-hmm. like faster pace type stuff but it's all of those eccentrically loaded movements that are the highest risk yeah because when you're loading the muscle while stretching it that causes the highest amount of muscle damage so yeah. in a in a controlled setting and at a smart amount of volume great way to get stronger For sure. eccentrics are awesome but if you overdo it on the intensity and remember intensity is too much weight too much volume like too many reps are too fast yeah and you can't really like it you're not going to get rhabdo from lifting too heavy of a weight it's not like a one rep max problem it's usually a volume thing other things that contribute are dehydration, right? If you're dehydrated, you're at a much higher risk. If you've had rhabdo in the past, you're at a higher risk of getting it again. Mm-hmm. For me, it took like weeks for my arms to go back to normal. But for okay. it can be longer yeah. because you're doing severe damage to those muscles. So yeah. it's a long recovery. Mm-hmm. And then again, you're just more susceptible to it in the future. And uh, like a hangover, alcohol use the day before has been linked to cases of rhabdo and crossfit because that kind of relates to the dehydration and you're already at a level of inflammation and your liver and kidneys are already kind of taxed. Statin medication again. So if you're on statins, beware that the quality of the membrane of your muscle cells is just poor as a, probably as a result of taking a statin, the way it inhibits cholesterol synthesis. So yeah, any of those things can be uh, red flags, but a lot of the education that CrossFit did around rhabdo in the early days was they called it cold rhabdo. Mm -hmm. One of the worst cases of rhabdo that we saw was back in 2009 from a person that's still around the gym came in and very fit individual, did Angie at the time, set the gym record, 100 pull-ups, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 air squats, but typical fit person, had taken a couple months off of CrossFit, but then knew (laughs) the symptoms, started peeing the color of Coca-Cola, go to the hospital, tell them you have rhabdo. But at the time, nothing out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. Didn't look like they were struggling any more than anybody else. Finished the workout fine, felt fine, walked out of the gym fine. Everything looked okay. It wasn't super hot in the gym, like nothing, no red flags at the time yep. of, of the effort that would have had you go, Ooh, this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. It's usually like a day or two later that then you're like, Oh no. Yeah. And just so it's on record, I highly recommended him doing half of the volume <laughs> doing 50, 50, 50, 50. And his response was, well, I'm, pr- I'm pretty in tune with my body. I think, I think I'll just see how it's going. And then he opened with the biggest set of pull-ups I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, this guy's really fit. Sure enough. Sure enough. In the hospital. In the hospital. In the hospital. <laughs> yeah. um, but you're right. There, if you Google like pretty much any recreational sport activity plus rhabdo, you'll find plentiful cases yep. of it. Marathons, it happens all the time. Yep. Spin classes happens all the time. Any like boot campy type things, especially anything with lots of repetitive mm-hmm. volume. Yeah. Like you said, it's almost always going to be just a volume of, yeah. of reps and eccentric loading. 
It's well, it's a rare well. enough occurrence that generally when you if you get it and you go to the hospital, they won't believe you. They'll be like, you don't have rhabdo. <laughs> and then yeah. they'll test you and they're like, oh shit, you have rhabdo. Yeah. It's not a very common thing at all. Even like they test your CK levels mm-hmm. to determine this. And any day of the week, if I was to get my blood tested, my my CK levels would CK. be elevated above a, a normal, a sedentary, normal person. sedentary person just because of my like yeah. exercise. So it's normal. And, and CrossFit and exercise enthusiasts in general have sort of ha- changed the number. Like it used to be like the, the range was here and now it's more like the range should be like mm-hmm. this because you can be totally fine with a much higher level than they originally mm-hmm. thought. And any well-educated doctor would know, oh, your CK levels are very high. The next question you're going to ask somebody is, yeah. What's did, your exercise like? Yeah, and if did it, you work out yesterday? Yeah, I go, I work out all the time. I do whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? And as long as kidney function is fine and urine is fine, then that's normal. It's Elevated CK levels are just yeah. are for the course. <laughs> yeah, so it's super rare. But if you want to be extra careful and make sure you are avoiding it, stay hydrated. Yeah, drink water. Make yeah. sure you're recovering, resting. Yeah. Be cautious with volume. Don't be a dummy. And don't take months off at a time and then expect to go back to your same thing. Work hey. out consistently. And this circles back to the question about what should I do while I'm on holidays? Like literally anything, like you said, do some Tabata push-ups, do some air squats, do some burpees, those high volume body weight movements. If you can just keep up your consistency a little bit, it can save you yeah. huge problems when you come back to it. You're just, you stay conditioned to the volume of things. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Awesome. So thanks for the questions. We've yep. been gathering lots and we had more than we had time for this week. So yeah. we'll have to, this is fun. So many more to come. Yeah. All right. See you in the next one. See you guys.